Racket Attack, the toughest power game of tennis in the world. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And guys, sports are back on the menu. It's been so long I forgot that sports was a concept. Right. It's it's important to note that sports aren't back on the menu necessarily in the real world, although by now maybe they are. But sports, uh, you know, like we record a little bit ahead, but sports have been a having a disappearance on the NES for us after a barrage of them early on in the system. Yeah, it was almost like Nintendo thought to themselves, like, let's get them all out of the way because nobody plays them. <laughs> And None of them are going to make it on the essential games yeah. list. Might as and we get them out. Focus on what our true passion is, which is shmups. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think like fighting golf was the last one we reviewed. So that feels like a while ago now, but it's probably only like two actual months on the release calendar. True. Uh, but this is our first tennis game since tennis. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's revolutionary. And, uh, and <laughs> did, did anybody want more tennis games or did you think tennis did an okay job like fulfilling that need on the nes i i think that tennis uh I, I think there was a lot of improvement that could have been made with tennis and uh uh so i think that they should keep trying until they get it right you know it, mario tennis is uh quite a ways away so i i'd like to see uh more i love to see sports games you know me mike yes and Joe and I'm I'm not usually a sports guy, but I will say I, I forget that like tennis is just tennis is just a simple you know video game. It's like made to be a video game. Like it, it could be a really good video game. I and mean, they think of pong. Like it's just it's just hit the ball back and forth. So I, I think that that's one where like there's a lot of room to make it fun. Granted, there are with other sports games too, but this early sometimes it could be hard. Yeah, Joe. You know that's a great point. Do you think that just because of the success of pong that you know, everybody is has to do something different now with a tennis game. Like, it's like, okay, Pong established how to do it that way. And now whenever <laughs> I'm going to make a tennis game uh, under these same restrictions, right? 8-bit isn't too much different than early computing. Uh, do you feel like that's why we see such a different approach to tennis than what Pong brought to the table? Like, the, the Pong clones are done and now it's like try time to do something different? I, I think it might be more of like you know pong was just like the simple it's just a simple like it's just trying to be a video game and it's like yeah it's it's using the like the basic basic idea of tennis as it's like gameplay mechanic but then tennis or or racket attack are trying to be like oh this is like actually like the sport of tennis like pretend you're playing the actual sport where i think that's where it like makes it a little different yeah i think saying something along the lines of uh we we want to we want to be different than Pong. It's sort of like a filmmaker saying, like, we want to be, uh, we, we want to be, do something different than what Moybridge did. Like, you, right, right. I, I think it's like, you can't really compare. <laughs> yeah. And in many ways, like, Pong has just been iterated on in the sense of, like, games like Arkanoid and Breakout, you know, that, that's where yeah. Pong kind of went to. I, guess I don't you're think right, tennis yeah. is the same. With, like, a scrolling paddle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it is Racket Attack today, 
And this one comes from Jalico, who made their debut with City Connection, a game that uh, you know, I think like none of us really cared about at all. And I stopped thinking about it after we recorded the episode. But Yeah, uh, I forgot. They were also the publishers of Bases Loaded. Do you guys remember Bases Loaded now? Oh, I do. Okay, yeah. Bases Loaded, at the very least, offered a different baseball experience compared to like the differences between RBI baseball and, and Nintendo's baseball. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, when I, when I was booting up Racket Attack, if they would try something completely different than Nintendo's tennis or take that as like the base of what they should do and then just keep going. So I'm not going to give an overview on how to play tennis or what tennis is. I, I feel like we, we covered that extensively in the Nintendo tennis game, and everybody probably knows that, that the basic rules of tennis. So in this one, what makes Racket Attack different is that you're competing in a tennis tournament uh, as one of 16 characters, and I think you have to win, is it five or six matches, guys? Do you remember? Well, I, I think it's five, right? And then if you, but if you're... If you're if you're not up by two, then you have to win. You have no. to get by two, correct? So I think that's just those are like sets. Those are sets. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about matches against. Oh, every in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. think it's. I, I actually don't remember because I could only play like one and a half because this is a. It, it's they're pretty long. Like, yeah, it's, it's like real time tennis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that we should just talk about right away is, you know, the the actual tennis part of this game, because it seems like the most natural part to translate how does how does real world tennis make its way into the NES. And I think the the first thing is that it might not be a great idea to actually include a full tennis match for each of uh, for each part of your tournament. And again, that's that comes down to six sets per uh, per game and then you or sorry six games per set and you have to win at least three sets to uh to win the match so it's a lot of tennis when you consider that uh and i'm, I'm actually impressed on to see that you carried through to play a game and a half i i also played i think two or three games but you know it, it's a draining experience for sure yeah i'd say that i played one full game uh, I, I guess I'm missing up, messing up the terminology, but like one full, like one on one thing where you have to get the three sets. That's um, the match. That's the match. Like I played one full match. <laughs> um, so because I wanted to see what what like interesting uh, presentational stuff they did at the end. Um, but I, other than that, I played uh, a couple sets here and there of uh, of like trying out different characters and trying out the other gender. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. Because they do include both uh, the uh, women's league and the men's league. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it can get a little monotonous, but I guess we can go into further detail for something along those lines. Well, I have a question for you, Sean, because I, I actually, I did kind of the same thing, but I tried out then the different courts, but I, I didn't really try out the different characters after uh, after I finished uh, what do we say? A match? Yeah. Um, but but it, it, just because I felt like it would it would take me a long time to get the hang of a character enough to really notice the subtleties of the differences. But did were they like noticeable differences, or did they? Did you feel the like the different advantages that a, another character would have over the first character? So I switched up too much. Uh, I, I messed with too many variables uh, to really notice if there were differences in characters because. Every time I switched characters or I switched league, I was also switching the turf. So um, I could not tell you. I'd have to play the game right. like a dozen more times. Yeah, I, I think I think that kind of like sums up though how I feel about a lot of things about this game. So there's like 
there's like a lot of detail, but it's all it's it, there's a lot of subtlety to it as well. Like I, I think that I think this is one of those games that you you can take a lot of time to get really good at, and it and it maybe will only get better the more you play it and like kind of get the hang of all the like nuances of how to play this game, and like then you start to notice the little differences and stuff, but. Nothing like even when I switched courts, I didn't notice anything too overtly like, oh, my God, this is so different. It was like very minor differences in like the level of, of bounce that the ball had on uh, on like a hard yeah, court. Versus, but it was like, still noticeable, court. not right. game changing, but noticeable. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's mostly, you know, for the courts, it's all about the bounce, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that just for for this kind of game, you know, where there isn't a 3D space, that's just more about figuring out the timing of when it's appropriate for you to swing your racket, because I think that's the first obstacle everyone's going to have in this game is figuring out the timing. Would you guys agree that you had a couple times early on where you went for a swing and the ball was kind of yeah. near you, but it turns out it didn't quite connect? I, I'd say so, but I will also say that I think this game does a way better job of, I guess, fudging a Z-axis like we've always complained about with tennis than tennis and with a lot of... um uh, the sports games that sort of incorporates that, uh, I think it gives you a lot more leniency uh, than previous games that we've played. So I was able to get the the gist of it a little bit quicker. I don't know if you guys had a similar experience. Yeah, I think once you kind of adjust to it, then like it's it's consistent, you know. So even if at first you're like, oh, well, it's hard to tell if this looks like it's where it is on the z-axis. Once you kind of like get your like references down you're like oh now you know okay whenever it's here it's it's kind of where i want it to be like you you sort of get an eye for it yeah i think it's part I agree. Le- yeah. it's learning the timing of the shots but it's also understanding that tennis especially when it's flushed out into this realistic of like playing six games in a set and stuff like that like doing to doing all that i think there is something to understanding that you can't win them all and that you're not supposed to just go like 40 love back to back to back, just win the quick six sets. There's something about understanding that sometimes the placement of your character is just going to give you a really bad shot that's either going to just go out of bounds or that the computer will take advantage of. And that tennis is built to be a very long, uh, you know, like in real life, it's like a two to three hour match sometimes between these guys. So... It's definitely an endurance test, and I think if you're coming from Nintendo Tennis, that won't translate to the to your mind right away. You you might think of it more of an arcadey experience, whereas this is this is very uh, you got to be methodical about what you're doing and understand that you're going to take some losses. Yeah, yeah. The scoring it, in tennis is it, it's almost fractal because it, like you make a mistake and now you found yourself down like thirty love. Uh, you may think like, oh, I'm doing very poorly, but like. That's just to score one point within a point. And that translates into this game as well. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the characters, but I kind of wanted to go over them a little more because uh, I did did try out a few different ones. And the game, outside of even just the manual, inside the game, they do explain kind of like what each character does. And I think that having eight different male and eight different female characters who the eight male and eight female they basically have the same characteristics but just spread between genders and that the female uh characters play a shorter tennis match because that's how it happens in real life too i think that having this variety of characters is actually really cool and 
goes against what I was arguing in in fighting golf, where I was saying that it led too much to chance in fighting golf that they gave like four unique characters. And here are the eight male characters. No one is is absolutely terrible. There's no like, there's no defeat. There's no defeating factor to anybody where it's like, oh, I wouldn't play them because they have this skill. Like I would play any of these characters. Yeah, I'm, I I wouldn't say that that's any different than in fighting golf. Uh, not to not to rehash that argument. <laughs> Uh, Because I think that similarly, uh, there's going to be pros and cons to both and uh, to to both uh, characters in this game versus that game. And it it just depends on what what portion of the game you want to lean into, I guess. So I'd say that the fact that there are uh, there are pros and cons to these characters. I, I mean, it's still it's still okay with me. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot here too, just because I think that like the more I played this, the more I realized this feels like almost like a tennis simulator, you know. So it, it doesn't feel as much like a, a video game as I think NES tennis did. So having those other characters that can like once you get good at it, that can really make like small differences or or that you could turn into probably big differences if you're if you're good at the game felt pretty natural. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially on the point of the simulator, uh. There's just it seems like it it touches a piece of every part of tennis. <laughs> yeah. Have, can we talk a little bit about the controls like the the way compared to uh, go for it NES tennis. I defer because, to Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm asking permission. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, yeah, give um, it to me. <laughs> I I feel like at first when I first booted this up, I was a little frustrated with the fact that you know it, it, to a lot of where you hit the ball has to do with literally where on the racket the ball hits. So, like, it depends on how far you've moved to the left or right or forward or backward. And as cool as I thought that was at first, I still thought it was, it's not... That makes it really challenging because in real tennis, that's just you doing that. Like, you're, you're like another level removed now. I feel like it's a lot harder to gauge where you're hitting the ball on the racket when you're watching yourself from a third-person perspective, like, from a distance. And, and that kind of bothered me at first. But the more I got the hang of it, I mean, I never got particularly great at it, but I think the more I play, the better I get. It it does lend itself to giving you like a little bit of a, a feel for the game. And it, and it does start to feel a little less like, what button do I hit for this? Or what do I have to do for that? Like, it's just kind of feels a little intuitive after a while. I think that that's like, I imagine an experience a lot of people would have where maybe if they just pick it up once, they, they would be like, well, this game sucks. But then if they play it longer, you actually realize that it's built to 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 make you feel like it's an it's tennis. Yeah, I agree. I think this game felt a lot more natural than uh, NES tennis. Um, and that specific mechanic of of uh, like where the ball will go, depending on where you are and at what point you hit the swing button and with which button. Um, like I, I did grow to um, to understand it more and be able to play with it more. Uh, once I started to get away from what was my, the intuitive, for me, it would be intuitive to hold down a direction and try and like push and pull where the, where the tennis ball is going to go 
because I'm holding down left or because I'm holding down straight, uh, like forward. And I thought that that would in some way affect it, but it really wasn't um, because it, it's just not how it calculates where the ball is going to go. But yeah, over time, I did learn how it actually worked and was able to uh, get a little bit more skillful as a result. Yeah, Sean, I think I'm going to say exactly what you are saying, just in, in less words. But it's really cool that the A and B buttons are different in what they do for the racket based on context of everything that's going on in the game. So this way it removes all those choices from from you of directional inputs or, you know, oh, well, A button can only do power shots and B button does lobs. Like, it removes all that, and instead your A and B button are able to do, like, I think six different shots depending on you know, where it hits on your racket and where you are, whether you're front or back of the net. Uh, I think that stuff's really cool to uh, add additional elements to a controller that only necessarily has two buttons. Yeah, I was impressed, especially like the one that was the most uh, uh, the, the most noticeable in terms of like context, context based, uh, context based animations is if you're in like a really tense, quick back and forth near the net and you sort of get the last shot off, you'll do this really cool overhand, like, uh, smash, it kind of looks like. And usually you're going to win that point if you time it right. Uh, so, yeah, I think it it looks great, too, with the way that it communicates these different moves to you. And true to form on that, too, when when you are spiking the ball like that, there's a chance that it will also just hit the net right yeah. in front of you, and that's <laughs> definitely something that can happen in real life. For sure. Did did you guys, I actually wasn't able to do this, but from what I understand, players can protest to the judge if a decision is not made in their favor, if it like just hits the line and is ruled out. Is that actually something you can do in this game? Or was that just something that like is a rumor that I read somewhere? Well, it wasn't a rumor. About that. It's not a rumor because it is in the manual. Uh, that's, that's where I just I wasn't it. able to do it. I wasn't either. I did not know what button I was supposed to hit or even if it was like just a, a false feature. I yeah, I wasn't able to do it. I think that's really cool, though, if it actually uh, is possible. And if anybody wants to let us know how to do that, I think it would only enhance the game further to be able to do that. I mean, for context, you know, it's kind of weird because it is a computer and it knows absolute yeah. whether it's in or out. But adding I can confirm, little... though, I can confirm that, that the computer will judge things wrong. Because I definitely hit something out of bounds, and it did not count it against me. So I imagine that was one of those situations yeah. where the computer could have uh, c- contested, uh, but he didn't. So See, I, yeah, I, I I I like that in the sense that it's realism, but also uh, I, I'm of two minds of it because also I feel like. Well, you're a video game. You actually have the ability to remove a level of error that is in the actual sport. Why wouldn't we just do that? Like, I get like we want it to be like real. Yeah, but I always had this thought. I always had this thought about when uh, I think it was introduced in the PS2 era Madden games. I always had that thought of like, well, why would you be able to challenge something? Like, the video game should just know. Like, (laughs) is it luck based? Uh, Sean, I'm sure you could fill us in here. Oh, I 100% have been in situations where uh, there is a there's a bad call that the computer has made, but then it'll also just decide that I can't challenge. Like, it's not that it's in the two minute warning. It's not that we're in overtime. Those are usually situations where you can't challenge, but the computer will just say, like, no, that wasn't one of the times that we messed up, so you can't challenge. <laughs> and I'm like, but you did. So I've been very... I, I am also of two minds as to whether there should be computer-driven mistakes, 
in like the refereeing of sports games. But I, I will say that presentation wise, it at least does add authenticity, even if it does harm gameplay. It's right. it's a, it's almost like asking why is there wind in golf? You know, it's like it's a computer. It should be able to simulate perfect zero <laughs> mile per hour. I, I think it's different. I think it's too different because because that's just part of the game that would be in golf. Yeah. Whereas like somebody making a mistake is like not part of the rules of golf. It just happens, so you need a way of or you know whatever <laughs> football or whatever. It just happens, so you need a way of combating it. But like if you can remove that and just make it like this is the game under real conditions. I don't know. I understand, Joe. It's more like if the computer player laid down another golf ball somewhere else and it was up to you to call him out on the fact that that's <laughs> not where his golf ball landed. That's what would be the equivalent. Right. It would be like uh, uh, Blitz the League, but for golf. Oh. Right. Yeah, they should, is that what, is that, what's Blitz the League? Is it like a game where you can cheat? It's like a game about cheating? It's a like game about cheating in the, in the grand scope. Like you could... Uh, you could get the other team drunk before the before the game the next day. You could uh, hop yourself up on steroids, all that fun stuff. Yeah, well, I'm oh, sure man. in the next MLB The Show, you'll be able to bang a trash can. So anything's possible. <laughs> uh, and, you know, since we mentioned Jalico and Bases Loaded at the beginning of the episode, did you guys get the vibe on that this is the same exact camera angle setup as Bases Loaded had for, like, the 45-degree overhead I I, th- I feel like it's just more intuitive in tennis to have that, but I couldn't help notice that that's the same way bases loaded had it, and now uh, racket attack has it as well. I thought that camera angle was fine, um, but I just thought that that was interesting that Jalico continues to like be like this is the objective way to view sports. I, yeah, I would NES say game. that Jalico has been making uh, surprisingly detailed uh, sprites for the characters um, with both bases loaded and this game. Um, they, they actually, I mean, they do just look like they're, they're wearing, um, like little jumpers, uh, or I, for, I forget what <laughs> rompers rompers. Yes. Um, but other than that, like they are, uh, anatomically correct. And that's sort of what reminded me of their bases loaded game. But also one thing I noticed, and this isn't, this has nothing to do with the baseball game, but, uh, it seems like the, the cameraman uh, it gets a little woozy at times. Have you noticed that the camera is a little weird in this game when it scrolls up and down? It, it kind of loses the ball sometimes. I, you know, I have, um, I have a bigger problem with the camera that I'm sure we're all going to talk about in yes. a second. But I, I did notice, uh, Sean, that just in general, uh, the camera seems to be not necessarily tracking the ball and tracking you as a player. So I think that could lead to that kind of error. Yeah. You know, uh, they're going for like a handheld look. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But uh, to follow up on that, the the problem I have really is with the serve and how it, you know, it makes sense. Give yourself a different, closer view for the serve so you can line up exactly where you want to hit the ball and all that. It's the cutaway to the then 45 degree uh, turnover shot. It's that cutaway while the tennis action is still happening you know it it feels like you're just watching tv doing that but you're but instead you're the actual player on the field so it's almost as if the player on the field is watching the tv feed of the same tennis match that they're playing in yeah i think it would have worked a lot better if it i mean i think this was a, a technical uh constraint but if it was just a straight cut then we would we probably wouldn't have really cared too much about it but because it basically cuts to black and needs that split second to like 
re-raster the image uh, or like redraw the lines that you kind of there's a separation between the two states. Uh, so, yeah, I was I was very confused as to why they did that. I think maybe they should have just had the same camera angle the whole time, even if it may have cut down on like a like I guess serves as supposed to look different. But uh, yeah, I was also confused by that. I, yeah, I, I didn't like it either. And I'll be honest, I don't even really get what makes one what makes the serve angle any better. I don't know why there were two angles. Uh, maybe someone maybe you guys have a better uh, had a feeling that it was felt a little better to serve in one angle. But for me, I was just like, why don't they just keep it in the second angle the entire time? I couldn't I missing tell something? you. No, I, I have no idea. No, I, I think yeah, it was, I think it was just from a presentational standpoint that like, that's, right. that's how it, uh, you know, that was just like a better way to make it look like, again, it's all, it's all for, you know, th- the whole thing of bases loaded. And now this was to make it feel like you're actually watching a, a, a real sporting event, right? That's the reason why the only way you can play this game is in a, an actual full game of tennis, right? They're trying to make it as real as possible, so that's mm-hmm. like their selling point against the arcade style versions of these games. Yeah. But I, I do agree that this is this is the instance where presentation hurt them because it's disorienting every single time. And it never makes you lose like it's not like, oh well during that cutaway I actually lost track of the ball and I didn't <laughs> have time to respond. Like that never happens. But the fact that every single serve is is at least jarring to me brings down the game you know, a little bit because it's a constant uh, thing that happens every single, you know, every single time you play this game. Yeah, I'd agree. It's sort of like in a current game, if every time you start up, there's like texture, there's like LOD pop in immediately, like every time that would, I mean, it may not affect your, your gameplay, but it's going to affect your, uh, your experience of the game. So I agree. You know, when we were talking about the characters earlier, n- you guys didn't seem to have a problem with the names of these characters. <laughs> I figured we'd get to it. Okay, because... I'm a big know, first guy. Right. Uh, Gipko is uh, is an interesting <laughs> fella, but then uh, the one of the females is a Spawn. I, I feel like that that's just weird. And, and, uh, oh, you know, I know I a don't... girl named Spawn. Okay. And maybe I was thinking, like, you know, they're probably last names or something like that, but... Uh, you know, that doesn't make it any better for for things like Spawn or uh, what else did we have? There was there was another crazy one. I mean, uh, I first, just uh, first first that yeah, first yeah. Is, I'm a big first guy. Like, <laughs> I, he's my favorite. He's my favorite tennis player. And one one more thing from a design perspective, I really appreciated that the score was kept entirely to. Uh, the actual layout of the stadium so it's just it's just hidden in the background and it's constantly on the screen at all times and it doesn't take up like a a chunk of the user interface it's not something you have to hit start to see the score it's just presented there so minimalistic that uh i really thought that was smart of them but also another surprising stance uh guys thoughts on that well i think that yeah i actually couldn't find it for the first couple uh games um, but then I, I obviously found it, but I was also surprised that we actually have some pretty competent, uh, uh, VO, uh, for 15 love, you know, all those, uh, all those announcements. Uh, it was very clear con- compared to some of the horror movie, uh, yeah. versions of, of, uh, human voice that we've heard in the past on this system. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's funny cause 
it, it sounds, you know, it sounds like you said a lot better than anything we've heard so far. Plus, I mean, I've never actually been to a tennis game, but I imagine it sounding like you hear it like a baseball game, which all is is not that far removed to like this this sound kind of almost unintentionally simulates that like speaker sound. Yeah, the echo. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's also got what I can imagine is other than uh, town and country, wood and water, rage road show or whatever it was called. Surf design. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this Antiques has like the, yeah. this has the first uh, advertisement in a video game, right? With that Wilson logo oh, yeah. on the right. <laughs> At just least always it was, there. Yeah, at least it was a like a a context. Uh, it, it was it made sense in the context of a tennis game instead of what you <laughs> see nowadays. But uh, I thought that added to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like apparently in the Japanese version of this, that side of the screen is just blank. So they, you know, they it, there's no there's nothing that should have been there that was missing. And so uh, if they had space to fill, that's actually a very uh, well thought out way of filling out the space well, while also making some money. Well, now that you say, yeah, now I, now with Jelko is just sellouts. You're not supposed to make any kind of money <laughs> on video games, right? But at least it would feel more sellout if they were like advertising something that you wouldn't see at a tennis match. Like, so at least it's like, oh no, we were just going for immersion, and then Wilson was like, we'll pay you for that. I guess it would make a lot more sense today if it was just like DraftKings in the background or something. <laughs> yes, yes. Or, you know, Jalco could have promoted Bases Loaded. You know, they True. could have just put their promotion for their other NES game right in there. <laughs> Though I'm sure they did something like that in the manual. I, I feel like, they, you know, that always happens. Always. Uh, okay. And, oh, you know, so th- I wanted to talk to you guys just about... The fact that, you know, we seem to be liking this whole simulation approach and going much different than Nintendo did in terms of recreating tennis. But what do you think about the fact that single player is only this tournament mode and that there isn't like an exhibition mode or a a way to choose like, you know, I just want to play, you know, one set or I just want to play first to three games, you know, like what do you guys think about stuff like that? Uh I mean, I guess I would just tell that person to only play one set. Um, I, I know that, like, it's not really adding or removing anything by, you're not, I guess you just don't get to see the handshake at the end. My knee-jerk reaction is to say, yeah, I wish that they gave you the option to play, you know, just play one set, and then the tournament thing could be another option because that's a long uh commitment but i mean yeah that's a great point i mean you you can just play one set you can stop whenever you want because at Um, least the two-player mode in which it makes more sense to like i guess only want to play this for short bursts it is uh more of an exhibition style (laughs) but i did find it funny that in the manual it says something along the lines of like in two-player if you want to have a tournament keep track of it yourself Yeah, <laughs> like it made it seem like a feature, but it's just like no, just like write it all down and figure it out. One other uh, stray nitpick from the manual that I found interesting. I don't know if we've ever if it's ever been referred to it this way in other games, because usually when it's like oh, if you want to play against, if you want to play against the computer, if you want to play against the AI. In this game, they say uh, if you want to play against the control deck, they they, they refer to the computer as the control deck. As if it were huh. some like military yeah. technology. I don't yeah, it know. sounds like like Skynet is taking over. Exactly. We have to we have to play tennis against it for the fate of humanity. <laughs> I just found that interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think you know there's always in these manuals there's always a different approach to just like explaining how to play video games in general yeah. because that's something that needs to be done. And since you've got me looking at the manual, I'm just wondering like the controller layout on on the very first page. Like is that necessary? To point out yeah. like, which one's the B button, which one's the A, like all of those things are labeled yeah. on a normal yeah, you can just NES look controller. At the controller, the controller is this diagram, right? And the control usually on the manuals, the controllers say like this button swings the racket, and this button pauses the game. You know, like for this one to just tell you the same layouts that you see on the NES controller, I don't know, bizarre. Honestly, I thought that like if you were a poor person and you got like the poor person NES, you got an unlabeled controller. So I guess this is just helping those people out. <laughs> the man, yeah, you have to, you're controller. supposed to cut this out actually and and lay it over your controller. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, it's, it's an upgrade suicide. from the uh, from the uh, Magnavox Odyssey days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know, Sean, I will agree with your point about like if you just want to play one set, I would tell that person to play one set because uh, there are passwords in the game that allow you to resume where you left off. So it's not like you're you have to play uh, you know a full match in one sitting or anything like that. Well, it, you it do is... you do need to wait until the match is over to get that password. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you only can't... get that while they're shaking hands. But is this the first time we've seen any sort of password or saving mechanic in a sports game? No. It's no. not. What else do we see it in? Uh, one of those boxing games. You could keep your record and everything. Oh, I forgot what it was well, called. Maybe I, maybe I blocked that out. Yeah. What, Why, you hate the boxing game. games? <laughs> the, the boxing games, yeah. There were a couple of, couple of doozies in there. Yeah, I, I honestly cannot remember that either, but I, I think... This this password system of keeping track of, of your tournament makes complete sense because otherwise you are looking at, you know, a freaking gauntlet uh, of tennis <laughs> matches back to back to back just to see what is maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys looked it up on YouTube, but it's just an additional shot of you holding a uh, trophy and your character like seems to kiss the trophy and then... And then, like, it just repeats that animation for a little bit. Well, uh, but don't forget about the uncomfortably long handshake that you have with your opponent. <laughs> but that happens which, every which is, time, right? That happens every time. Yeah. It does, but it's just funny to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess in that case, why play? Why play any of these games that don't have fifteen long, fifteen minute long cinematics to end the game? I mean, like, yeah, what, what did you think yeah. you were gonna get? That's. I think. <laughs> I think Final Fantasy VIII is the first good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I was going to get anything different, to be honest. Uh, I just think it's funny that you might have had to, you know, in a, word, in a world without passwords, you might have played this whole thing in one sitting to become the champion. And then all you see is just like your character holding up the, the trophy. Like you would think it would be something a little extra. But Mike, when you get to when you go to school the next day, you could you could tell your lunch table that you beat racket attack. And yeah, right. people might respond to that in some way. Yeah, I don't know if anybody would even know what you were talking about because, <laughs> as far as I, as far as I know, like racket attack is not a game that people talk about. You know, like this is the first time I'm ever hearing about it, and I'm surprised by it. If we're being honest, I'm saying if but... you were, you know, a kid at a lunch table in 1988, maybe more people would have heard of that of that. About it back, back then, you know? And I'm saying we're fascinated with Jalico's approach to designing games <laughs> on the NES, but they seem to be like, they seem to be one of the black sheep 
of the NES. Like, no one talks about these games. There's four bases loaded games, and I didn't hear about any of them until we played the first one. You're right. You're right. So it's just, it seems like Jalico is lost to time, and Racket Attack maybe just didn't sell all that well. But if you want to tell the kids at the lunch table that you beat Racket Attack, to Joe's point, you can just say that whenever. No one's going to question it. (laughs) But you'll know that it's true. Right. You can tell them that, you know, Yoshi was on the top of the castle at the end of Racket Attack, and then they'll believe you. (laughs) My only minor thought, which I think we've seen in maybe the other tennis game, uh, is that you can't pause it during, uh, during gameplay. You can only pause it in between, which I think makes sense. Because you can't do that in tennis, but also, I, I think it, I think we we should be at a point where like you should just be able to pause the video game because that's the point of pausing the game, like like anything and you know in Mario, like if you were thinking of that as a real thing, if you're a real guy fighting weird creatures, you wouldn't be able to pause, but it puts it there for convenience <laughs> in case something happens in your house. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean. I mean? We're not so online. Like, Might as well put it in. We're not. Yeah. You're not in an online game, so exactly. you should just be able to pause. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was just interesting. You can pause like in between sets or or uh, whatever. But that's my closest to no, a yeah. pause I mean, sound I can come up with. Weird enough, Joe. You uh, you actually can't even shut off the game while it's actually playing. You have to wait until the set is over for you to be able to shut off the control deck. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't even. Your power can't even go out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people just grid. keep it as a generator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, none of that's true. Don't buy Racket Attack for those reasons. I, I would imagine Racket Attack being a game I haven't heard of would be one of those games that turns out to be super expensive. You know? Was it? Um, no, I don't think it is. But I'm just saying, you know, like that, that it's only games that no one cares about that wind up costing a lot of money uh, on older systems. True. Uh, sequels and spinoffs. I don't really have much here, but in Japan, this was part of the Moro sports line of games, M-O-E-R-O, and Moro 1 was bases loaded, so this was Moro 2, and I could talk to you about Moro 3 through 8, but I think the interesting thing here is that two Moro games will not be coming to the NES, but only released on the Famicom. Okay, don't. Don't just search Moro, spelled that way, into uh, Google, because it, I think it brings you to some, like, really weird weeb shit. Uh-oh. Weird weeb shit. <laughs> or it might be related to this. I don't think so. There's no tennis rackets here. Uh, gotcha. Just, uh, just little girls. So I'm going to go away from that. Well, it's <laughs> kind of like how Doki Doki doesn't mean Super Mario Brothers. True. You know, it's it's a Japanese word. So, like, yeah, that's probably why this is happening. Um, Moro 6, Shin Moro Pro Yaku is a baseball game. So we will be missing one of Jalico's baseball games. Amazing to think we might have had a bases loaded 5, My but God. it never came. And Moro 7, Judo Warriors, is a judo game. So I don't know if we'll ever see a judo uh style game on the NES, because that probably was our only chance. Darn. Anyway, uh, we're going to vote on this one now in... uh, Wow, that was a terrible segue. Sean, I'm going to need your vote on whether Racket Attack is an essential game. I I will say that Racket Attack, uh, for a sports game on the NES, like I've said many a time before, 
is enjoyable. I just enjoy these games for the most part. Um, I'd say it's in my top five sports games in the NES. Uh, but uh, as I've said in the past, those games don't really come close to the threshold needed in uh, my mind's rubric to put it on the essential games list. So I will not be voting for it. Fair enough. I think uh, probably your most concise reasoning of all time. Uh, I've, and I've then... been more concise. <laughs> I can be more concise, Mike. No, I love it. I love it. Because you know what? It was concise and thoughtful. You're thoughtful. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joe, give us your vote. I have I have a similar thought um, where I, I do think this is higher up on my sports games of the NES. Um, and, and while I love the the kind of realism to hitting hitting the racket in the right place and the the simulating nature of it, I think it does it really well, and I think I think it works pretty well for an NES game. I think it stands to to undergo a lot of improvement. Also, the, you know, there are some times where it's cool that it's doing that, but sometimes I'm like, well, is that like really accurate? Like, did I how much control did I really have over that? Where sometimes it feels like a lot, other times it doesn't feel like a lot. So I think. It's on the right track, but again, it's it's hard it's hard to put one of these on the essential games list because there are just so many of them. There's so many directions to go uh, for a sports game in general, and I, and I think that this is a good start that can stand to improve. So I'm going to say no. If I could just if I could just uh, uh, get in there real quick before you put your vote in, I will say that after playing this game, I did look up to see how much the most recent Mario Tennis game was, because it kind of got me hooked. And then I saw that it was $60, and so I said, no, thank you. But it made me think about playing more tennis. So that does right, it's, to it's fun. Like that, yeah. that's, I guess that's just like, that's something good to say about it. Like, it is fun for all its other things. Like, you're having fun playing it. What else could you ask for? Yeah, Sean, I think what you're looking for is Virtua Tennis. You should play those games. They're fantastic. Is that um, on Switch? <laughs> Uh, it's not on Switch. Uh, I think the last one probably came out on Dreamcast, if you want oh, to be dear. honest. But uh, I think you can get Virtua Tennis 4 on Steam. So oh. something something to look at, you know. I don't know if that one is as good as the Virtua Tennis games I've played. But Virtua Tennis and Top Spin, all great games. Now, here's, here's the thing with me and, and this game, Racket Attack, here, is that I think Sean and Joe have pretty much said the gambit uh, of what can be said on why this is a great game game in this realm of what we've played so far but can't get onto the essential games list and i'm just gonna have to agree with it rather than add anything new because there's things that you can fault this game for and there's things that you can say you know like wow this is really bringing the nes closer to um to more realistic or sorry not realistic but better better simulations of sports games in the 8-bit context so there, there's cases for and against it, but I can't imagine myself putting any of these sports games on the essential games list, knowing knowing the awesome games that we're playing today in sports. And honestly, the best way to experience sports is really outside. So, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I would put any sports game on an essential list. Uh, but, you know, the sports games that we have put on an essential list in our category are things like uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which is not even really a sports game, you know? Uh, I always said that was a rhythm game. So it's going to be interesting to see if one does crack the list. Anyway, now that Sean is going to go buy uh, uh, Virtua Tennis 4, and Joe is just going to think about tennis, but not not (laughs) play any of them, 
You know, I think the best version of tennis ever is probably in the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time when you fight Phantom Ganondorf in the forest uh, dungeon. That's probably the best way to play tennis. So neither of you know what I'm talking about. No, I think, okay, say what you will about this game I haven't played uh, or this this mini game I haven't played, but there is a game on Steam called Tennis Elbow Manager 2 which I, I'm not really sure if it's about playing tennis or just managing a sports injury, but <laughs> uh, it, it's in early access. So give that a look if you're interested. Yeah, become a tennis coach and manage up to nine players. <laughs> Take care of training sessions, planning, sponsors, team members. You got to love stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a, cool, honestly. There's a whole genre of like sports Out of the park baseball, simulations. football manager. Yeah. yeah. Uh, F1 manager is really good. I have that actually. Um, oh. There's there's all sorts of great things like that, and then there's also like Goat Simulator, which is not you fun. know just yeah not fun. Uh, all right, that has been the show. Uh, I am Michael Esposito. You can find me at, at Esposito Film on Twitter. You can find Nostalgia on at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. Uh, every single episode of Nostalgia can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. We don't lock any. If you can't find a particular episode, let me know, and I will hunt it down and find it for you. Uh, I know that Sean uh, actually keeps discs, uh, CDs, of every single episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, Sean, would you be willing to ship those out at all? Uh, right now, all I have are the uh Floppy disk collections. Um, each episode is 10 floppy disks. Uh, they're all compressed down to 64 kilobits per second. But there's a sweet FMV of me, Joe, and Sean waving to you. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just like a, like an old-timey GIF-looking thing. But it's <laughs> We shake hands for an uncomfortably long time. Yeah, yeah it's in right. there. All right, join us next week for C-Cross. I honestly have no idea if I'm saying that correctly. But it's this uh, arcade, like, motorcycle, Tron-like thing that I played for a little bit today and didn't quite understand. So I can't wait until we talk about it next week when I fully understand it. Oh, yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye.